بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome back to our podcast series The Beginning of Guidance for Muslim Women My name is Um Abdullah and I am most happy to welcome you back to our episode today, inshallah. Before we begin studying our text today, we shall commence with the dua of Al-Imam Al-Haddad, rahimahullah, for the seeking of knowledge. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma inni nawaitu ta'allum wa ta'alim, wa tadhakkur wa tadhkir, wa nafa'u al-intifa, wa al-ifada wa al-istifada, والحث على تمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله والدعاء إلى الهدى والدلالة على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وكربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى آمين Over the past few episodes, which have only been three to date, uh, we have looked at why it's important for Muslim women to learn sacred knowledge. We've also looked at the commentator's introduction to this book of Imam Ghazali, Bidayatul Hidayah, The Beginning of Guidance. And last week, or last episode, we had a look and an exploration in some of the concepts of pedagogy and particularly in the primordial pedagogy of recitation or reading and listening. Today, inshallah, we will actually begin with the text, with the words of Imam Ghazali, and we will look at the first four words, as well as looking at a little bit of his biography. Imam Ghazali commences his book, as all scholars commence their book, with what is called the Basmala. The Basmala is the name for the expression Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, which means in the name of Allah, the most merciful, the most compassionate. That is something that every Muslim would know. And it is, I dare say, perhaps the four most discussed words in the universe, which is quite a statement, but I think one that could be backed up a little bit given the amount of words which have been written about those four words that are existent in our tradition. Whenever the Basmala is commented upon, then the reason for it being quoted is iqtida'an bil kitabi wa sunnah, which means following or emulating the kitab, meaning the Quran and the sunnah, the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Quran, as we know, begins with the Basmala, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So what greater thing could one possibly connect their own action to? It doesn't matter how insignificant or trivial or daily this particular action is but when we begin whatever it is that we do with the basmala then indeed we are emulating the quran because we are beginning it just as the quran commences with the basmala and likewise the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he encouraged very very strongly for people to uh, say the basmala before doing anything of daily activities because that's what he used to do. So when putting on clothing or taking off clothing or eating or beginning any action, one should always commence it with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim so that their action is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
There is a particular hadith or three versions of that hadith which are usually quoted in books at the beginning when commentating upon the expression Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And that hadith is qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said kullu amrin dhi balin la yubda'u fihi bi bismillahirrahmanirrahim fa huwa abtar aw ajtham aw aqta' which means that every action of importance which does not begin with bismillahirrahmanirrahim is cut off or is deficient in barakah and there are three versions because there are three endings. So abtar is one ending, ajdam is another one, and akta is the third. But they all carry the same meaning, that they are little or bereft of barakah, of blessing. This is a standard way that most books deal with the basmala, and some will go on further depending on the topic, uh, depending on the, the field of knowledge that the book is, and or others will stop there depending on to what extent the commentator wants to pursue that and what interest there is. And it can go in many, many different angles and different perspectives. And the, as I said, there is so much that's been written on these four words. Our commentator... Sheikh al-Jawi, he does not begin with that particular explanation, which is fine, but he tells us something very different. And he says that when he begins his commentary, because Imam Ghazali has started with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, so now he's explaining it and he says, Kalimatul basmalati arba'un fafiha. He says, there are four words in the basmala and about them. He says, Isharatun ila ianatilahi ta'ala ibaduhul muslimina ala shaytan fa innahu qal. He says that in these four words there is an indication to the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his worshipful servants from the shaytan. And he quotes this ayah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Which is in Surah Al-A'raf, verse number 17. And so they're the actual words that Iblis said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he was very indignant about the fact that that Nabi Adam salam, had been created from clay and that he had been created from fire. And this was the first expression of arrogance when he said that I am better than him. And so there's this dialogue between Iblis and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he swears, the shaitan swears, that indeed I will come to them from between their hands and from behind them and from their right and from their left. And so our commentator says that Allah has given the Bani Adam, he has given human beings these four words so that they are not harmed by the waswasa of shaitan. He says, There have been many commentaries on this particular verse. And it's said in the tafsir of Ibn Kathir that when shaitan promised that he would come 
to the children of Adam from between their hands, it means that he would come to them and upset for them their idea of the Akhirah and that he would promise them and tell them that there's no such thing as a return to Allah and there's no such thing as an afterlife. And that when the shaitan promises to come from behind them, then what he does is he makes them desire even more for their worldly life and material things. And coming from their right-hand side means that he puts doubt and he makes the truth masquerade as falsehood. So he produces a shubha, which is a delusion about the affairs of their deen so that they no longer are consistent and strong in understanding what their deen is, what Islam is and how to practice it and how to be Muslim and have faith. And that when he comes from their left, then he makes them desire disobedience and sin and things that are not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our commentator Imam al-Jawi says that the Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, the Basmalah, is four words that Allah has given us in order to protect us and not let us become harmed by the waswasa of shaitan, by the whisperings of shaitan when he comes to us from those four directions. And another commentator has said that the reason why min falqihim is not mentioned, which would mean why shaitan doesn't come to us from above is because shaitan cannot interfere with the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for his creation and particularly for his believing servants. Let's look now a little closer at each of the four words in the basmala. We will begin with bismillah. In Bismi, we actually have a word, ism, and a ba, the letter ba which precedes it. And together, then they produce bismi in the name of. The ba is called al-ba'u lil-musahaba, which means the ba of accompaniment. That ba, which is a preposition, or harful jar, is what is used to say that something is performed with something or by something. For example, kitabtu bil qalami, I wrote with the pen. In this case, the ba is what joins our action with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we say bismillahirrahmanirrahim, we are implying that the particular action or statement or whatever it is that we are about to commence is joined to the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I eat in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or I step out of my house or I buy or I drive or whatever it is that I do, I do it with the name or by the name of Allah, the most merciful and compassionate. There are many interesting things to say about the ba, about that one letter. And in the books of Tasawwuf, of spiritual purification, there is something very particular which is mentioned about it and about its dot or its nukta, the very small little dot written underneath. It's known that the Quran contains all the knowledge of the previously revealed books of the Gospel, of the Torah and of the Psalms of David. And it is known that all the knowledge in the Quran is contained in Surah Al-Fatiha. And all the knowledge of Surah Al-Fatiha is contained in the Basmala. And the Sufis say that all the knowledge of the Basmala is contained not just in the Ba, 
but in the dot of the bar. The thing about the knowledge being contained in the bar, and of course this is metaphorical, is that it is by the bar that everything is connected to the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if it wasn't for that bar, then it wouldn't be possible to connect what it is that we're doing, our intention and our actions with the most merciful. The dot under the bar is called the dot of Tawheed. Its name is Al-Ba'ul Muwahida, which is a play on the word Muwahada. Because Al-Ba'ul Muwahada would mean the bar with one dot. But when we say Al-Ba'ul Muwahida, it means the bar of Tawheed of monotheism. So we as Muslims are muwahidun. We are people who declare and who believe in tawhid, in the oneness of divine unity. So just as we are muwahidun, then that ba is al-muwahida. It is one. So to say that the dot is what contains tawhid means that if it wasn't for that dot, then that letter could be something else. Because as we know, before the dots were put on Arabic letters, they were written with just the shape of the letter. And that letter, when it's joined to another letter or to a word at the beginning, that shape of it could easily take two dots on the top, which would make it a ta. Or it could take three dots on the top, which would make it a tha. Or it could take one dot on the top, which would make it a noon. Or it could take two dots underneath, which would make it a ya. However, the one dot underneath is what makes it a bar. So it's the one dot, ba'ul muwahida for one, or al-ba'ul muwahida for the one dot of tawhid. Moving on, if we look at the word ism, then it's derived from as-sumu, which is meaning high, like al-ulu, something which is high or lofty or elevated. That's one particular take on it. Another example is that it comes from al-wasmi, which is to mean a sign. So there is some differences uh, between the scholars as to whether ism is actually derived from a word which means high and lofty and noble, which would be befitting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have the highest and the most noble name. Or does it actually come from the word al-wasmi, which means a sign for something or an alama, an indication or a particular uh, linguistic designation for something. So either would be acceptable and there has been great debate and discussion about the origins of the word ism for many years. When we talk about Allah's name, Allah, it itself is also given uh, a title or an expression, and it's called Lavdu Jalala. It's called the most magnificent name. So if it is that we're actually discussing that name and we need to refer to that name, then we call it by that Lavdu Jalala. Ar-Rahman is an intensive form of the word Rahma, and so is Ar-Rahim. However, the difference in meaning is that Ar-Rahman is intensively applied to everything. So Allah's Rahmah in the universe is all-encompassing and Ar-Rahim is interpreted to have some type of 
time attached to it, where it's not limited only to the time in the dunya where everything experiences the divine mercy, but that it continues to the akhirah where Allah's all-encompassing divine mercy is extended to the believers. Because in the akhirah, there is either mercy or justice. And inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are recipients of his all-encompassing and never-ending divine mercy, inshallah. Our commentator Al-Jawi then goes on to talk about Imam Ghazali. Imam Ghazali begins his book with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And so in the commentary, then Sheikh Al-Jawi says, Qala Sheikh Al-Imam Al-Alim Al-Allama so when he explains the Basmala, he says in his commentary that Imam Ghazali said this. So he said, the great sheikh and imam. So the sheikh is obviously the scholar or the older person. It's a name given for reverence and respect. Al-imam means somebody who is followed. Al-alim means the scholar. Al-alama is the intensive form of that. So somebody who has a great amount of knowledge and is a great scholar, then he says, Hujjatul Islami. So he says here that this person says, and he's called him a sheikh, al-imam, al-alim, al-alama, Hujjatul Islam. Now he defines Hujjatul Islam, the proof of Islam, because that is how Imam Ghazali is generally referred to. And nobody else in the history of our scholarly tradition has been given that title, only Imam Ghazali. And here, Sheikh al-Jawi explains that for us. And he says, فَالْحُجَّةُ مَنْ أَحَاطَ بِأَكْثَرِ السُنَّةِ وَلَمْ يَفُتْهُ مِنْهَا إِلَّا لِيَسِيرٍ he says the hujjah, the proof of Islam, is somebody who has encompassed or somebody who has mastered most of the sunnah and nothing has escaped him of it except for very little. It means that Imam Ghazali's knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah and all the associated branches of knowledge, all the sciences of the religion, is encompassing as much as it possibly could be, and that there is only very little that he, uh, that, he, that he may not have touched upon or it's not even known that he touched upon it or not. Our commentator compares that to someone who's given the title Al-Hafiz. And Al-Hafiz is man ahata bi mi'ati alfi hadithin. He says somebody who has memorized or encompassed or mastered 100,000 hadith. And there are several scholars who have been given that title, such as Al-Hafiz Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani or Al-Hafiz al-Iraqi. And there are quite a few that have come from the 8th or 9th centuries of the Hijra. Then there is Al-Hakim, which is also another title. And he says, Man ahalta bi thalathati alafi hadithin. So whoever has mastered... 3,000 hadith. And there are several people who are given that title as well. He's also called Imam Ghazali, Barakatul Anam, and he's described that as meaning Zainuddin. So somebody who literally beautifies the religion, and then he has quoted his full name. Abu Hamidin, Muhammad ibn Muhammad ibn Muhammad al-Ghazali at-Tusiyu. 
So he's called him Abu Hamid, which he's known by the father of Hamid. Muhammad is his own name, the son of Muhammad, the son of Muhammad. So there are three generations of Muhammad. Al-Ghazaliyu, he's been given the name the Nasab or what is described as being Al-Ghazaliyu. And there is some differences of opinion about that. The generally accepted view is that Imam Ghazali comes from a place in the municipality or the protectorate of Nisapur, and the name of the place he comes from is called Ghazala. So that's how he gets the name Al-Ghazali, uh, coming from there, being ascribed to being somebody from that region. And a Tusi, a Tusiyu, is somebody who comes from Tus, which is the bigger area that his town was in. So that's how he gets that name. And then the commentator says, so he makes a little dua and he says, May Allah purify his soul and illuminate his grave. Amin. And that's what the commentator has to say about the Basmala. That Imam Ghazali said this, and this is a little bit of information about Imam Ghazali. I hope, inshallah, that that has shed a bit of light on the Basmala and given some interesting perspectives from our scholars about what the Basmala means and particularly the Ba, which is most interesting, and the Ism, Lavdu Jalala, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, and the all-encompassing divine mercy that is held in that particular expression. Uh, inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us always people who have kept open our side, our path, our way of connecting to that divine mercy by enabling us to remember always before we do anything, before we intend anything, to say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim and to connect ourselves and our hearts and our actions to the divine, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best possible way and that through that, that whatever we intend to do should become purified and most importantly be accepted, inshallah. We ask Allah to give us full benefit of Imam Ghazali's words and to give us a full and deep understanding of what it is that he intended by his writing and by his teaching. And inshallah, we ask that whatever we benefit from him gets returned to him in the best possible way and that it raises his rank and that it puts him, inshallah, in the highest place in Jannah. And we ask Allah to benefit him in his grave and in his akhirah through our own studying of his works. Amin. Inshallah, our next episode, we will begin with more of the text, as today we only took the first four words, Alhamdulillah. And that Alhamdulillah will actually be what we begin the next episode with, Inshallah. I look forward to joining you in our next episode, Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.